Greetings and welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your host, Pete Lorimer, former hit record producer and now host of the show, Stay Here on Netflix. On the podcast, you will always find business and real estate strategies, marketing techniques and tips for the entrepreneur. So hit the big bloody subscribe button, would you? Give it a like and also please share this podcast with someone else that might get value from it. the biggest mistake I ever made in my professional career. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to talk about when I sat across the table in Soho Square in London at CBS Records with the chairman of CBS Records and George Michael and me. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not going to work with you. I mean, mind blowing shit. And I'm going to get into the ifs, the ands, the whys, the this, the that. Why did I do it? Massive, massive mistake. But before I get into that story, I actually want to show how it's relevant to us in all of our industries, right? In real estate, and I am going to come back to that glorious story. It does not mean to be clickbait. I'm going to come back to it. But in real estate, I see a lot of people getting into business and other businesses where we all have our eye on the prize, right? We all have our perfect client, perfect this area that we want to work. I want to sell houses, five million and above, whatever. I see a lot of people joining brokerages in Beverly Hills because they think it's the fast track to luxury real estate. And I can tell you that one of the best things I ever did in my life, in my new career, was to work with anyone who gave me their trust. Let me recap that. I worked with anyone who gave me their trust regardless of where, regardless of where that was. I remember working, and my first deal was in Oxnard, which is about, I don't know, 70 miles outside of LA. I didn't know what I was doing, but I was given trust by someone. I explained I didn't know the area. They still trusted me. And so I, I nailed it. And I see people blowing opportunity, and I don't want people to make the same mistake I did, blowing opportunities because they feel it's either beneath them, it doesn't get enough commission, it's out of an area. It's at a funky time. They don't want to show houses at night. And I can tell you, I'm going to repeat that phrase again. The fastest run has come from some of the smallest steps, meaning you take someone out on a Sunday night at seven o'clock into an area that may not be great to show them a cheap property. And what has happened, I've done that over the years. And what has happened is people have ultimately turn into incredibly loyal folks, return me on to all of their people. They, they have been repeat customers year after year after year after year. And that small acorn of what looks like a little shitty piece of business grows into a glorious oak tree that will serve me and them, because I serve them, for the next 25 years. So it is a win-win. Let me now go back to, let me take you back, ladies and gentlemen. Let's jump in a time machine. We're going to go back to about 90, somewhere between 1990 and 1992. I left the UK in 93. So I was working as a, a recording engineer in London. I, I dropped out of high school, as many of you know. I went, toddled off to London, didn't know a soul, managed to kind of talk my way into the London club scene, had a deep, deep passion for electronic music, for house music. 
And I just managed to get into the clubs and I made friends with people. I managed to work my way into a studio in, in London that was a really top studio. And I was like the nighttime security guard, but I was surrounded by, by music people. And then I, I got fired from that job. And then I got hired by someone else. I got fired from that job. And, and then I managed to get into a B level, like not an A level, but a B level studio in London in the real beating heart of Soho. And because it was a B-level studio, a lot of people didn't have engineers, so they used me as their engineer. I got a really good name as, as being someone that could really nail electronic music. And I built a real long clientele. This one gentleman comes in. He happens to be, you know, somebody who I thought was just a record producer. But he happened to be someone that was incredibly connected to George Michael at the time. And I'm not doing this to drop names. This is a God's honest, true story that happened. He said to me, I really love your talent and I really want you to do some remixes for some artists that I know. He was very connected to a bunch of the 80s artists. I remixed like David Bowie. I remixed Dot Soul, Queen Latifah. I remixed Moni Love. I remixed In Excess. And I, and I notched up a lot of hits really young. I was probably 21, something like that, maybe 22. And I had all of these bands that were massive in the world asking me to remix their, their tracks and to do house music, which is why I went to, to London. And then along with that came, there is this world of, and this is why it relates to all businesses, not just music. There is this world of street cred that exists in music. And there's this world of, you know, it's beneath me that exists in real estate, right? Or there is a world of, I don't want to sell a house in that area because it's, you know, it's a bit of a tacky area. So, Skip forward, I, I worked and had hits with this, this guy. And then he then introduced me to the ace card. He said, look, George and I are incredibly close and I want you to work. I want to do a remix. I actually produced a record with this guy that was a hit in the UK. I think actually it's on the wall in, in the other room. Um, and he said, I'm bringing someone in to do a remix with you and I don't want you to freak out. I'm like, okay. So this was a Sunday. I'm sitting in the studio. This is like 1990, 91, something like that. And uh, down comes, down the steps comes George Michael. And George Michael walked in the studio. Now, this was breathtaking because he was the biggest artist in the world. It was like him, Prince, Madonna. And at this time, it was right after the Faith Tour. And George was like the biggest thing in the world. And I was you know, starstruck and for a moment kind of frozen going from working with these underground acts in the UK to now remixing a record with George Michael. He had to do it under a pseudonym because he was signed to CBS Records. And so then what happened next was we did the remix together. He played, he did great. He was amazing. He played all the keyboards and uh, sang some extra parts and did this and did that. And the record was a hit. And then this is where the mistake came. I was called into CBS Records, uh, the president of CBS Records on Soho Square with George. And George has said, I want to, I had my own label at the time. I was like 21, 22. And George Michael said to me, you know, Pete, I want to put some records out on your label. Now, my label had been getting some really good press and some, uh, and getting, it was really, it was a really cool you know, British underground electronic label. And, and it was getting some really good press and getting some really good, you know, people looked upon it very favorably. 
And then I sat in the, in, the, in, the, in CBS's office with George and I was played demos. Here is where the biggest mistake of my music career happened. Obviously, it's still on my mind because this is nearly 30 years later and I'm still talking about it. I've never mentioned this before publicly, actually. And the biggest mistake in my mind was I should have pulled back, which is what I advise all my agents to do now in real estate. Don't just look in the macro. What's the big picture? Don't look at the small picture. I was played the demos and I had this moment of, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, this is a little bit. It, it was more pop music than underground. And I had this moment of, oh, my God, I can't sell out. I can't sell out. I have to be super credible. I have to be super credible. And, and so I was in this really awkward position of being played these tunes and everybody's like nodding. And I'm looking at Point George Michael's records out on my label that I own. And I looked at the chairman and I looked at George and I said, look, I'm really sorry. You are the greatest artist in the world. I, I respect you and admire you beyond. But I do underground records and these are not underground. These are, are kind of very poppy and maybe they'd be better suited on CBS. And the faces are three people in the room other than me. The faces of these people were like, did you just turn down George Michael? And in my mind, I'm like, Pete, you're turning down the biggest opportunity of your career, not only to have records of George Michael's on my label, but to work on them with me. But this voice in my head said, dude, you got to stick to your guns and you have to do what you believe. That was looking at it in the micro. Big, 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 massive mistake. What I should have done is look at this in the macro. Where will this go? How can I be of service? I was looking at it from my point of view and not everyone's point of view, which is the big bow that I want to put on this. When we look at business only for what's in it for us, which I did at 21, you know, for right, for wrong, you know, some people will say, good on you, man, you stuck by your guns. But if we look at business only for the things that we can extract for ourselves, I believe that business is doomed. If we can look at business as a collaboration and all of us greatly consider what all of us take away from any business relationship, that business will flourish. And so as a 21-year-old, I made the colossal mistake, probably through inexperience. It wasn't ego. I'm not an ego-driven man. It was, I have to stick to, to my guns because I didn't really know my way around anything. I was a new young record producer and I'm like, shit, what do I do here? If I don't like the record, I don't sign it, right? That's what I said in my head. But it's because I was looking at it through the micro lens of how is this going to affect me? When I should have thought, how, if I pull back and look at this arrangement, how will it affect all of us? And trust me, I would have come out the best. George didn't need me. That business decision, and there's another one that I'm probably going to share in a, in a, in a, in a couple of months. I only even two, made two massive ones in the music business. But that business decision has haunted me. But in fact, that business decision hasn't haunted me because every time I make a business decision now, I feel the echoes of that disastrous mistake. And I learned very, very quickly about a year or two after that that in order to be successful, it always must be a macro 
collaboration. I see lots of people in real estate come in, they burn bright and then they burn out. Some people, you know, do these shady deals and sell things that are not squeaky clean and they burn bright, but they ultimately burn out. For me, every person I encounter, whether it be one of my agents, whether it be somebody in the public, but let's just talk about business. Everybody I encounter in business, I want them to go away with the feeling, wow, what a fair guy. What a fair guy. Don't get me wrong. My job is to fight for my clients and fight for my agents, which I do. And I understand my fiduciary responsibility to my very bones. But there is a way for all of us to win in just about all transactions. There are some exceptions to that, but there is a way for us all to win. And that is the lesson sitting in the chairman's office of CBS Records with George Michael I didn't comprehend. And that is a life lesson that I will take to my grave, that I didn't comprehend it was a we instead of me. And who knows where that would have grown, what that would have grown into? Who knows? Who knows? But I have no regrets because I, I live in the United States. I have three beautiful children. I have a wife I don't deserve. And I work with people that I would take a bullet for. So I, I'm winning. Shortcuts only lead to dead ends. Shortcuts get you paid quicker sometimes. But at the end of the day, shortcuts will always end with a dead end. That's about it for the podcast this week. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back again next week with another topic and another great podcast. So don't forget to hit that button and subscribe. Until next time, take care and I will see you later.